the free for all roundtable round two all right let's meet everybody on the panel i'm just bringing up my uh, agenda here so we know where we're going it's kind of the roadmap. deb hutton is here former advisor to two ontario premiers michelle morrow a people's voice award winner and a music teacher and bob richardson is here news talk 1010 contributor senior counsel at national public relations uh bob i know i saw very happy pictures of you at pride yesterday that was quite the party it was terrific. Great crowds everywhere. Uh, was uh, super safe. Everything went uh, really, really uh, well. Um, glad it did. Yeah, there were, you know, some, there's considerable coverage about sort of storm clouds on the horizon for Pride, but I really didn't see any of that yesterday. And I don't mean the weather. I just mean in terms of, you know, the current kickback that seems to be happening in some quarters. Yeah, I mean, the crowd was almost overwhelming, so uh, there was no kickback that I saw uh, whatsoever, which was uh, which was good news, and it was uh, really safe, and uh, people had a good time. Okay, so let's talk about this being Election Day, and uh, Michelle Morrow, I think we've discussed this in the past, we're sort of on the same page in being geeks about actually getting excited about voting. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> I love what Jerry said before is that I, I get really frustrated with um, people who say, oh, I don't, there's no candidates. I don't know who to vote for. There are more options in this election than I can remember. I don't remember how many were in the last election, to be honest. But there's 101 and a dog. So if you want to waste your ballot, get <laughs> off your couch and go vote for the dog. You don't get to sit there and say, I'm exercising my right. No, you don't get to lay on your couch and do that. There has to be someone that either you connect with or someone you want to waste your ballot on. There you go, Deb. Hutton, your thoughts on this uh, day that we appreciate the awful majesty of our democratic system? Well, I I voted in the advanced polls, so my job is done. Um, There really is a choice. As everyone knows, the polls have closed considerably in the last number of days. So I say uh, to Michelle's suggestion, don't waste your vote. Decide if you want Olivia Chow or you want Anna Bailao. I think this will come down to a ground game today, and I feel very confident. As everyone knows, I've been putting my cards on the table for some months now that I I support Anna, and I think uh, I feel very good about our ground game. Okay. And Bob Richardson, are you optimistic that whoever gets elected isn't just going to arrive at City Hall and find out there's no money and everyone hates everybody? I I am, actually. I think this is a good opportunity uh, for a reset for the city. And uh, we've got a race. Uh, That's uh, that's important. Uh, That'll be uh, a motivating factor to get people to the polls. Uh, Like Deb, I'm supporting Anna Bailao. And uh, I'm very uh, pleased that this has turned into a two way race. It is uh, very, uh, very, very close. So let's go. Uh, let me come back to Deb Hutton on this next thing as we sort of, you know, tidy up following all this uh, maelstrom of coverage. But what do you make of Edward Gong? That's not cheap. <laughs> what, if that's a big practical joke, it's an expensive one. Yeah, I, you know, since I first started seeing not only his signs, but more importantly, his advertising, I, I came to the corner of Mount Pleasant and Lawrence, I don't know how many weeks ago, and the bus driving down Lawrence Avenue had a massive gong advertisement on the side. So, I mean, I really say, where is the money coming from for this? I know individual candidates can put a certain amount of money in. I think, though, the upper limit, regardless of the voter list, is like $25,000. Uh, and ads aren't cheap. So it will be interesting to see what his uh, filings look like in September, because you do have to say where your money came from and where you spent it on. Yeah, Bob Richardson, it's almost like something out of a movie. It's been a massive campaign by a guy most of us had never heard of before. And there he was floating above the crowd on a flatbed truck yesterday. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm obsessed with Mr. Gong, and this is the, this this is the story of the election. It is quite funny. There are some, however, there are some uh, basic questions that need to be asked. How much did he spend? Uh, where and exactly uh, 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 exactly how did all this happen? Um, it's uh, it's very very strange, and it's also uh, he's a bit of the poster boy for why we need electoral reform and why uh, it should cost more money to run for mayor of Toronto, and you should have several thousand people uh, sign your uh, papers beforehand to show that you're uh, a legit candidate. Okay, Michelle Morrow, I guess it's going to come down to who gets more votes, the dog or gong. That'll be interesting for someone who is outside the city. I have been downtown in quite a bit, so I was unaware of this gentleman's campaign. And it's good to know that there is a personal donation limit. I was unaware of that. I assumed he was just fueling it himself. So it'll be really interesting to see where the money is coming from. But part of me is also like, if you, I can't tell you who to donate to a campaign, who whose campaign to donate to. So if people want to put their money into re burnishing this uh, gentleman's image, then go to town. But sometimes I'm also like, there are 101 candidates. This is a bit of a waste of space. Um, who should pay for a multi-million dollar rescue effort when the people involved who are being sought or rescued are tremendously rich and doing something perhaps foolish to begin with? And actually, Michelle, I'll come back to you on this one. It may be a little crass to be discussing this now, but I was looking at this long list of rescue missions that have been launched for billionaires in the past. One of them was for a guy who went missing like four times. Yeah, I was reading that as well. And at some point you have to say you're making silly mistakes. You're not being smart about this. So you you need to cough up to cover some of this because other people are putting their lives at risk. If it was a case of, you know, we could go in with robots and perhaps we weren't as worried, but if someone is going to risk their lives for you after you've made a dumb choice, then you have to, you should pay for that. Um, I do agree that sometimes people don't want to talk about this, especially after people have died in the, like with the Titan, this perhaps is not the time, but at the same time, this is on everyone's mind right now. Perhaps we can start things moving. Considering we have to pay for an ambulance if we need it. I know it's a small amount and there's a copay from the Ontario Health. Um, I don't see why people who make larger mistakes or who go beyond the barrier or who like at the scarb of lefts when it's tailed off and they say you can't go further and they go further, any- go further anyway, then I do feel like they should bear some of that cost. Okay. Well, and then speaking of Scarborough, Deb, people often go surfing when we've got the tail end of a hurricane and then they get into trouble and we have to send somebody out to rescue them. I've always said that's just sort of, you know, that's on the public ticket because most people who end up in the hospital have done something stupid. But when it comes to super rich people doing super crazy things like flying balloons, then maybe they can put up a bond. Yeah. So for me, it's got nothing to do with whether they're rich or not. I'm more where Michelle is, which is every time somebody uh, gets needs to get rescued off the Scarborough Bluffs, when it clearly says, don't go near the Scarborough Bluffs, I, I think maybe you should have to pay for this stuff. The problem I have when I think about it as a public policy, though, is who gets to define stupid? Because I watch... No, it's true, yeah. right? I watch motorcyclists. No no disrespect to Jerry, who, who rides his motorcycle safely. But I watch motorcyclists, you know, weave in and out of traffic traffic on the 401. And I think if you get in an accident, that's pretty stupid. So I, I just my I love the notion, no matter how much money you do or don't have of of people having to pay for their stupidity. I just have a problem knowing how far we go in calling something stupid. Okay. And Bob Richardson, I often will relate the factoid when we're talking about people who cause themselves self-harm. Our Dr. Mitch, the medical correspondent, says the most frequent injury he sees in an emergency room is people who cut a bagel open with the knife pointed toward their hand. 
uh, uh, bagels I don't have a problem with. Rich idiocy should not be paid for by taxpayers, period. Uh, I agree with Deb. There should be a bond uh, or the business should build uh, the cost uh, into uh, into their analysis. But there is no way that taxpayers ought to uh, uh, ought to subsidize adventurism. Uh, it's uh, up to those people to uh, pay for it themselves, period. We don't often talk about uh, international affairs, but a lot of people follow the drama and intrigue this weekend as one of Vladimir Putin's own men turned on him. Uh, it didn't succeed as a revolt, but, you know, Deb Hutton, as somebody who would like to see Vladimir Putin deposed and the invasion of Ukraine come to an end, I was pleased to see that wrinkle. Yeah, I mean, we watched it. We were fascinated by it. Our oldest daughter finds all of this stuff super fascinating. She's two friends from camp who are from Ukraine. And so she's she's really developed an interest in this. So we watched it all weekend. I, I have to hope that this means that Putin is weakened, that when you see this happening within his own country, despite the the, the deal that was ultimately cut and, and sending what's his face off to, to Belarus, I, I still hope it shows that there is a problem domestically for Putin and that that weakens him when it comes to Ukraine. But I truly don't know. This is very much uh, Bob Richardson in keeping with uh, Russian history and practice. So I imagine that uh, Prigozhin and many of his men are going to quietly disappear in the next two weeks. Yeah, I, I think so. Look, uh, I think Putin is probably gone within six months. Uh, and that may not be good news for us. So I think there will be a great degree of uh, instability in Russia for, for the next period of time. Uh, I think uh, that's good news for the Ukrainians. It gives them a little bit of a breather and it gives us an opportunity to continue to build up their force. So uh, uh, let's uh, let's continue to do that. Let's continue to support the, uh, the Ukraine. Now is not the time to uh, take our foot off the gas. And Michelle Morrow, it frames the debate through your eyes, definitely. You come from a mil military family. I do. Both my grandfather and my husband are in the military. So uh, it, it, it's frustrating because as much as I don't want Putin to be in power, uh, Prigozhin would not have been a suitable substitute either. Like, it's not as if it was one or the other. It wasn't it's not as if it was a great person coming in and overthrowing the government. Um, it's interesting because I thought when Lukashenko went to Tur fled to Turkey that things were going to go worse so much faster. So it's interesting how he brokered the deal and that Rogozhin can go and just stay in Belarus and be and not be um, tried for treason. It'll be interesting to see if he doesn't just randomly turn up dead from poisoning in six to eight months. Or there's always the open windows. Oh, yes, of course. Stay away from those. So we can Don't make stupid choices. We can talk about <laughs> Yes. Keep walking we won't by pay the for open it. windows. Okay. And <laughs> defenestration is one of Robert Benzie's favorite words. My thanks to you all, Deb Hutton, Michelle Morrow, Bob Richardson. Keep it right here. Jerry Agar is all excited to be back on the air. And then don't forget, we have special election coverage tonight. Toronto gets a new mayor by hook or by crook. But could it be a dog? Uh, coming up to the news at 9 o'clock, my thanks to uh, Ben Harrison in today for Joe Cristiano and uh, Nick Mirano, who's been running the board. And that's my time, so we'll talk tomorrow. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.